Hope you've got your Bibles with you. Uh, We're in a series on Sunday nights during the month of January where we're studying the inner circle of Jesus. He had 12 apostles, and then we're looking at the lives of three men who were his closest friends and closest followers. And so far, here's what we've done. Uh, We've looked at John, who we called the Apostle of Love. Last Sunday night, we looked at James, who I basically am calling the intense apostle. Tonight, we're going to be looking at Peter, and John MacArthur calls Peter the apostle with the foot-shaped mouth. Uh, He had the habit of revving his mouth while his brain was in neutral and uh, got into a lot of trouble because of that. Now, last week... As you know, we were talking about James, and we said last week there's so little information about James. If he, He's rarely, if ever, listed by himself in Scripture, and we just didn't have a lot of material, though we had, in some ways, plenty to study. But you don't have a lot of material when you come to do a, a personal study of, of, the, of James, the apostle. There's just not a lot there. Tonight, the problem is just the opposite. There is so much material about Peter that I'm not sure where to start and I'm not sure when we're going to stop. Joking about that part. I know we'll stop here in 20 or 31 minutes. Uh, But I really don't know where to start when you start looking at Peter. And so what we're going to do is we're going to uh, do some things about Peter tonight. And then, Lord willing, we'll finish Peter next Sunday night and then have the commissioning for Kayla. Um, So that's kind of where we're heading Now, let me ask you a question to kind of get everything started. Did you ever have a friend in high school or college that was just kind of known to be a character? Um, Let me describe this person to you. Maybe you had one of those people in high school or college. Uh, I'm talking about a, a person who was funny and loud and brash and wild and crazy, and they really didn't care what you thought of them. Did you ever have anybody like that in high school or college? Or maybe you were that person in high school or college. <laughs> yeah. In, in my college, Lisa and I both w- went to Carson Newman. It was Carson Newman College back then, and that's where we met, actually. But when, when Lisa and I were at Carson Newman, <clears throat> there was a guy that was a personal friend of mine named Mark Bryant. Mark was, was a tall guy, skinny as a beanpole, redheaded, loud, funny, and everybody knew Mark. Uh, I remember going to play in a softball tournament. It was in Knoxville, Tennessee, and it was just—it was just a—it wasn't a, a school tournament. It was—it was just a tournament that the city was putting on, and a lot of us college guys formed a team, just kind of an ad hoc team. And and so we went to this softball tournament in Knoxville. <clears throat> By the way, we won the tournament. <clears throat> just want to throw that in there. Undefeated, didn't lose any games. Uh, uh, huh? But though we won the tournament, most of the teams hated us. And the reason they hated us was not because we beat them every time. The reason they hated us was because of who was playing left field, that tall, skinny, redheaded guy. Because when he was in left field, you heard him. Everybody in the stadium heard him. Some people laughed at him. Some people cussed at him. He was just that kind of a guy. Mark was crazy. I mean, he, he, he was borderline crazy. 
he would make you laugh. He was talking to the batters. He was, he was talking to the people in the stands. I mean, everybody knew who Mark, nobody knew who I was. I was just, you know, I just got base hits and I played my position and, and nobody, but everybody knew Mark. And half of the stadium hated him for who he was. <clears throat> now, if you just looked at Mark, the softball player, you'd think, man, he needs Jesus. But Mark turned out to be a missionary, travel overseas missionary, and after that became a pastor. I think Mark and Peter were probably cut from the same cloth. They would have been best friends in college. Simon Peter was the kind of guy that if you had gone to high school with him or if you had gone to college with him, you would have known him and everybody else would have known him. What's interesting about Peter is, for all of his faults, he was actually the leader of the twelve apostles and one of the leaders of the early church. And we have four lists of the twelve apostles in the New Testament. Four different places where the twelve apostles are listed. Let me give you the references because I know some of you bring your notebooks and you take lots of notes. Here's, here's the four lists of the twelve apostles. Matthew 10, verses 2 through 4. Matthew 10, verses 2 through 4. Mark, chapter 3, verse 16 through 19. Mark 3, 16 through 19. Luke 6, 13 through 16. Luke 6, 13 through 16. And Acts 1, 13. Chapter 1, verse 13. In all four lists, when you read the list and kind of make a chart and compare them, they are strikingly similar. A few of the people are in different orders, but in all four lists, they're strikingly similar. But the first name in all four lists is Peter. He's in every list, he's the first one. And oh, by the way, Judas is always mentioned last. So there seems to be somewhat of a reason for the order, or at least some of the people on the list. There's a reason that they're there where they are. Peter is always at the head of the list because he stands out as the leader and the spokesman for the group. And in fact, he's mentioned that way when you really look at it closely. Go to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, verse 2. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter. Now, I want you to notice, well, let me just keep reading. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. By the way, it's Zebedee. Lisa told me last Sunday, I kept saying Zebudee. You, you can take the hillbilly out of the hills, but you can't take it, whatever. <laughs> the hillbilly out of the preacher. Zebudee, all right? But, but here's what I want you to notice. Verse 2, these are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon. That word first there is there for a reason. It's the Greek word protos, and it, it refers to first, not just first in a list, but it speaks of the chief leader 
of the group. It, it signifies the leader of the group. It's not just saying he's the first one in the list. It's saying he's the leader of the group. Peter seems to have had a natural dominant personality, just a naturally dominant type personality, and the Lord put that to good use. It's interesting that the key men, the inner circle, are always mentioned as the first four of the apostles. I told you there were four lists. If you go and if you compare all four lists, the first four mentioned are always Peter, Andrew, James, and John. The inner circle. Now, it's not necessarily always in that order. Peter's always first, but Andrew, James, and John might be uh, listed in different orders. But they're always the first four in all four lists. Because they were, at least three of the four, formed the inner circle. They were the ones who were with Jesus from the very outset of his ministry. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Verse 18. Matthew 4. Verse 18. Now, I don't know about in your Bible, what heading do you have over verse 12? If you have a Bible that's got little headings, what's the heading there in verse 12? Jesus begins to preach. So Jesus is just beginning his ministry here in Matthew chapter 4. And then the heading over verse 18 is the calling of the first disciples. So as Jesus, verse 18, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers... Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee and preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Here's what I want you to understand. These first four that form the inner circle, they're not only the first on the list of the apostles, but they were the first ones that Jesus called. That is significant. They were with Jesus from the very outset of his ministry. They followed Jesus the longest. Let me help you understand that by, by asking, does anybody here have any older brothers or sisters? Raise your hand if you have an older brother or sister. All right, a good number of you do. Have you ever had this thought? I, sometimes my brain thinks strange things, but <laughs> that's, I'm just being honest, sometimes it does. But you didn't have to laugh about it. <laughs> Has it ever occurred to you that your older brother or sister got to spend more time with your parents than you ever have or ever will? You never had that thought, did you? Let me, let me explain this, this way. My oldest brother is Dave. Dave is eight years older than me. Dave is 66. He doesn't look it. He doesn't act it. He's 66. In fact, Dave loved, when we're together, Dave loves to ask people who don't know us, uh, who's the oldest of the two? And of course, I'm bald-headed and got bags under my eyes, and they say me, Dave Lass, because he's 66 and I'm 58. But he's got all the hair. 
So they think he's the younger. But he's not. He's eight years older. In my younger days, it used to bother me a little bit because I love my mom and dad so much. It used to bother me that Dave had eight years with them that I never had. And that no, longer, no, no matter how long I had with mom and dad, he would always have eight years with them, eight years of experiences, eight years of trips, eight years of just whatever that I never got to experience. Does that make sense to anybody? Anybody else think that way? I'm the only one. All right. I appreciate that. But, but here, I mean, it really bothered me that, that I mean, I was, I was young, but, but it used to bother me that he had experiences with mom and dad for eight years that I was not a part of and I would never experience. Put that on the same plane as, as the, the apostles, Peter, James, John, Andrew, they were with him from the beginning of his ministry. They had experiences with him, with Jesus, that the other apostles never had. They had time with him that the other apostles never had. Now, perhaps not a long time, but still, they were there at the very beginning. And maybe, maybe that's why they were, part, they were the inner circle. Because they were there with him from the beginning. Now, speaking of the beginning, when Peter first started following Jesus, it's interesting that that's when he got his nickname. So I want to talk a little bit about his name and his nickname. Did you know that Simon, which was Peter's real name, his given name, Simon, son of Jonah, Simon, son of Jonah, Simon, son of John. Did you know that Simon was a very common name? In fact, there are at least seven different Simons in the Gospels. Such a common name. In fact, among the twelve apostles, there were two Simons. Simon Peter and Simon the Zealot. So Simon was a very common name. Also, Jesus had a brother named Simon. So it was a very common name. And the very first day that Jesus met Peter, he changed his name or gave him a nickname. Let's look at that. It's a significant time in his life. John chapter 1, verse 42. John chapter 1 records the very first time that Simon encounters Jesus. <clears throat> Uh, let, let's start in verse 40. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, Andrew had just met Jesus in the previous verses. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who followed Jesus. The very first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him, looked at Simon, and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which, when translated, is Peter. I have to stop here for a moment and make sure you understand the weight of what's happening here. First of all, this name, when, when, this name that Simon was given at birth was his given name, Simon. But the day that Jesus met him, apparently the very first words that Jesus ever said to him, I'm going to call you Peter. 
I'm going to call you Cephas. Cephas is the Aramaic term. Peter is the Greek term. But, but both of them mean the same thing. They both mean rock. So the very first time that Jesus ever met Simon, he looked at him and said, Hey, nice to meet you. I'm going to call you Rock. Wouldn't that be strange if I walk up to you and I meet you for the first time? Hey, my name's Keith Shorter. What's your name? Oh, okay, your name's Bob. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you Rock. I mean, that's just kind of strange, isn't it? But catch this. From the very first moment Jesus met Peter, Jesus had a plan for him. That's why he nicknamed him. I'm going to call you Rock. I love the NIV text note here. The NIV text note says, In the Gospels, Peter was anything but a rock. He was impulsive and unstable. In the Gospels. Now follow this, this is good. I'm going to read it again. In the Gospels, Peter was anything but a rock. He was impulsive and unstable. In Acts, he was a pillar of the early church. And then, this is so good, make sure you hear this. Jesus named him not for what he was, but for what by God's grace he would become. I love that. The very first time Jesus met him, he looked at him, he looked him in the eyes, and he nicknamed him not for what he was, but for what he would become. Now, in Scripture, he's sometimes called Simon, still, He's sometimes called Peter, and he's sometimes called Simon Peter. Most of the time, there's a reason for that. You see, whenever you see in Scripture that Jesus calls Peter Simon, whenever he refers to Peter as Simon in Scripture after this, it's often a signal that he's done something wrong often a signal, signal that he needs correction. You know, whenever my mom said, Thomas Key Shorter, I knew I'd done something wrong. Correction was on the way. Anybody else have that? You, you do that with your kids? Kayla, your mom and dad ever do that to you? What's your full name? Kayla Susan? So did they say Kayla Susan Stevens or just Kayla Susan? All right, anybody else? <laughs> it's interesting when you study the name of Peter or Simon and how it's used. This, this young man named Simon who would become Peter was impetuous. He's, he was impulsive. He was overeager. He needed to become like a rock, and so that's what Jesus named him, but he didn't always act like it. You see, from then on, from this point on, after he nicknamed it, from this point on, Jesus could gently chide or commend Simon simply by using one name or the other. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Look in Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Now, now here the gospel writer is using the name, but you still get the same picture. Uh, well, let's start in verse 3. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. So we're, we're using his given name. 
And he asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said, Simon, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. I've underlined that in my Bible. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled, them, filled the boat so full that they began to sink. When now he's not referred to as Simon. In verse 8, now he is referred to as Simon Peter. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch that they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid, from now on you'll catch men. And so they pulled their boats up on the shore and left everything and, and followed him. So in this situation, early on, primarily called Simon, though Luke refers to him that one time when he recognizes his own sinfulness as Simon Peter. But go to Luke chapter 22. Compare that. Luke chapter 22, verse 31. Jesus, in this text, is foretelling Peter's betrayal. And notice how he begins. Simon, Simon. Doesn't call him the rock. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. And Jesus answered, I tell you, what's that next word? Peter. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. He's starting to sound like a rock. And so Jesus refers to him that way. But he says, I, I tell you, Peter, I know that you're sounding like a rock, but before the rooster crows today, you'll deny me three times that you know me. Look in Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, verse 30, start verse 34. Jesus has gone to Gethsemane. And it, well, it says in verse 33, he took Peter, James, and John along with him, the inner circle, and he began to, to be deeply distressed. Notice in verse 33, Mark refers to him as Peter. And Jesus began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and do what? Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and he prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. 
Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter. Didn't call him Peter, did he? Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? You see, any time he reverts back to the old self, it seems like Jesus always called, called him Simon. Anytime he wasn't acting like the rock, anytime he was impetuous and struggling, Jesus gently chided him by using the old name, Simon. The biggest example, <clears throat> the biggest example of that is in John chapter 21. John chapter 21. Now, lest you get the wrong idea, there were many places, we just don't have the time to look at it, there were many places throughout the gospel, or there are many places throughout the gospels, where Jesus used the name Peter, or sometimes Simon Peter, but he often referred to him as Peter. I mean, why not? He nicknamed him that. That was his nickname for him. So, there are many places throughout the gospel where Jesus used the name Peter. But on significant times... He used the name Simon. Chapter 21, verse 15. When they had finished eating, this is after the resurrection, after Peter's denial of Jesus. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, know that I love you. Parentheses, look up here. Well, you've been acting like Simon. You've been acting like that, that weak, fallen, impetuous man I met on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. You haven't been acting like a rock. Then, for a second time, verse 16. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time, he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Don't you know it had to cut his heart when he kept hearing Simon? He probably got to the point where he kind of cringed every time he heard that name Simon because he knew it was a rebuke for the way he was living. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. We'll talk about this next week, but let's at least read it. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and went where you wanted, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said, follow him, follow me. If you're taking notes, you might want to write down, this is the last time Jesus referred to him as Simon. 
You see, if you're taking notes, you might want to write down just a few weeks after this, just a few weeks after this, Pentecost occurred. Peter and the rest of the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit. And it was Peter who stood up like a rock that day and he preached the gospel for the first time. But Peter was exactly like you and I, wasn't he? Both carnal and spiritual. Sometimes acting like Simon, sometimes acting like Peter. Sometimes acting in the flesh, sometimes walking in the Spirit. Peter had such a tendency to do this that even later in ministry, he didn't always get it right. Let me show you something that Paul wrote in Galatians. Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. Paul is writing in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. It says, When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. Before certain men came from James, he used to eat with Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group, the, the Jews who, who, said, who were Judaizers, who, who said you had to be circumcised to be a Christian. And so here's Peter eating with the Gentiles, fellowshipping with the Gentiles until the Judaizers show up. And then Peter pulls back and he starts acting like a Judaizer instead of fellowshipping with the Gentiles. Verse 13, the other Jews joined him in his in his what? Hypocrisy. So that, by their, so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. Paul says in verse 14, When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, that is that the gospel is for everyone, I said to Peter in front of them all, You are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you can force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? You can, you can read that on your own and study it. Here's what was happening. He started acting like Simon again. And Paul said, I called him out on it. I, I, I just let him know what he was doing was wrong. You see, watch this. This vacillating man, sometimes Simon, sometimes Peter, was the leader of the twelve. And one of the leaders of the early church. From Acts chapter 1 until Acts chapter 15. One of the most, if not the most, prominent leaders in the early church. Simon Peter. So what can we learn tonight from Peter's life? I'm just going to give you three lessons. Next week we'll dig deeper uh, into his life. But, but here's what we can learn from Peter's life so far. First of all, Jesus does indeed forgive unfaithfulness. After he boasted of his fidelity, Peter, of course, denied the Lord and acted like Simon again, and Jesus lovingly restored him and used him. 
Number two, Jesus sees us as He intends us to be. He called Simon the rock. Not because that's what He was, but because that's what He saw He could be. Can I tell you something? God knows who you are. God knows what you are. But He also sees the potential in each one of you. Number three, Jesus uses unlikely heroes. He was just a fisherman on the Sea of Galilee. He was not trained. In fact, in Acts chapter 4, he's referred to as an unschooled and ordinary man. But Jesus uses unusual heroes. Going back to my buddy Mark Bryant. If you had been in the stands at the softball tournament and somebody poked you and said, which one of those people out there is going to be a missionary, international missionary? You know what they would have said? It was probably that guy in the shorter right over there. No, that's not what they would have said. Well, it was probably Tim Parent. No, that's not what they would have said. Here's what they would have said. They would have said, I don't know which one is going to be a missionary, but I can tell you which one is not going to be a missionary. It's that red-headed, loud-mouthed, skinny guy out there in left field. In fact, he needs Jesus. He needs a missionary. But God uses unlikely heroes, doesn't he? Father, thank you that you do indeed see us as we are, but you also see the potential of what we can be by your grace, your mercy, and the power of your Holy Spirit working in us. And for all of us, there are times when we act like Simon. There are times when we act like Peter. There are times when we are unfaithful and times when we are filled with faith. There are times when we are brash and we are wrong and we are angry. And then there are times when we are humble and on our knees asking for your favor. I pray that this week, as we walk with you, Just help us to be a little more like Peter, a little less like our old self. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.